What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sam's Report. It is a wonderful Friday, early April. The Masters Tournament is on. I'm a huge golf fan. I'm an avid golfer. I was about to say an avid ter terrible golfer because both of those things are true. But um, here we are yet again talking, uh, talking Microsoft, talking tech, talking a little bit of everything this week. And uh, it's actually a birthday today. Uh, I believe it was April 6th. 1992 uh, was when Windows 3.1 was released, so that is turning a, a stout 26 years old, now getting a, a lower rate on its car insurance at this point in its life cycle. And um, so if you're still running Windows 3.1, that would be amazing. But I suspect, I suspect that many people aren't because there's a lot of stuff going on. And so the dust is settled, I, th I think, at this point. The dust is settled about the, the great reorganization inside of Microsoft and um, you know there's opinions all across the board I wrote some stuff up on what I thought this meant for the enterprise and kind of Windows side over on Petri um, it, it, reality is sinking in that this is Microsoft's future and that's fine I, I, there's a lot of negativity around this which is justifiable and understandable people are nervous um, people typically don't like change uh, Microsoft's Windows has been the foundation of just about everything the company has done since its inception and when that thing changes, it's nerve. It, you should be concerned if you are a Windows fan, by all means. You should be concerned if you use Windows on a daily basis. But at the same time, I don't think people should be overly dramatic that this is like Microsoft just abandoned Windows like it did mobile. You got to remember that there are close to 700 million people running Windows 10. That is that is not an insignificant number. That is a huge huge swath of the population running just Windows 10, uh, more than a billion people running Windows. And so it, it, it's, uh, there's been some overreaction, there's been some correction, and um, it's one of those things, we just got to give it a chance to kind of see what happens. And because, let's just kind of think about this in the grander scheme that Microsoft, and I, I firmly believe this, and people will push back, but Microsoft is prioritizing the enterprise, which they've been doing now for a while. But I think they're going more heavy-handed into it, into the future, which, granted, if you're a consumer and you're looking for the next great desktop feature, um, you might be getting a little nervous, but at the same time, I'd actually really love to know what the next great desktop feature is because I, I'm not, I'm not looking at Windows 10 and saying, oh my God, there's just massive holes all over the place. They're missing things and there's features that is, um, that it doesn't have or Mac OS is just blowing past it in features and functionality. Um, I, I, I don't look at Windows 10 and think that what makes sense here is look what Microsoft announced this week in regards to Office. So with Office 365, uh, they are now bringing to the consumer to the consumer to the home and personal SKUs, uh, files, backup, encrypted email options, and a whole bunch of enterprise features, which is sort of a trickle down effect, if you will, because they brought all this stuff to the enterprise. They hardened it, made it great, um, which is kind of the inverse of what we typically see. Typically it goes to the consumer, gets hardened, then goes up to the enterprise. But in this case, uh, they're bringing all that stuff to the consumer. And that's what's going to happen with Windows going forward. They're going to start bringing all these enterprise features, and then they'll trickle down to the other SKUs, unless it's some sort of obvious consumer feature. But when I look at Windows 10 and think of things that like are missing, such as some sort of like migration between mobile and desktop, that's all done through apps. That's not really done through a core desktop experience, at least not yet. And so... Uh, if people are looking at Windows and saying, gosh, there's so much missing, I would honestly love to know what it is. The biggest thing that I think is missing is kind of sets, um, which is coming. We know that's coming with Redstone 5. Um, there's some gaming functionality on the horizon too, but Microsoft is also scrapping a lot of things from Redstone 5. It, I, I don't think they're fully locked in 
um, specifically, um, I'm hearing from insiders at the company that, so first off, I, I want to give Paul a little tip of the hat because he, I believe he was absolutely right on this. Microsoft with movies and TV is looking at that movies. I think it's called movies anywhere, which basically means you can take your content that you've purchased through Microsoft and, and move it everywhere. Um, that is absolutely in the works or in the process, but apps like weather stocks, um, and a couple other built-in Windows 10 apps, I think those are going to go away. Um, they're built by, and I actually know some people who worked out of these offices at one point. Um, they worked out of the Paris office, out of the, Microsoft had an office in France and that was building a lot of this stuff. And I believe that those teams are being dissolved or broken up or um, moved about. I don't think they're getting laid off. I, I don't think that, at least not yet. And I think they were given options to go work on other teams, but I would not be expecting any sort of major updates to the kind of built-in apps, excluding potentially calendar and email. That one's kind of an outlier at this point, but you got to remember too. think about what uh, the, I think I broke the news potentially. I can't even remember anymore. Remember Microsoft did their last round of kind of like quasi layoffs and made some changes under kudos org. Um, kudos is kind of like window kudo uh, is actually a person. Uh, he runs windows.next and had like paint 3d and um, all that kind of jazz windows mixed reality, some stuff in there. And that got shaken up because I don't think paint 3d is really caught on in any meaningful way. And so that app, I don't think is going to get much love. Uh, the Photos app, I don't think is going to get too much more crazy than it is. Uh, mostly because these apps are superfluous to the Windows 10 experience. Yes, they're fine, but they're not really things if you think about it. Um, they, like they, they don't translate well to mobile. Microsoft is going, it's funny. It's funny. They just kind of dipped away from this mobile first, cloud first thing to this intelligent edge thing. But what I'm hearing inside of the company is that the mobile experience is becoming uh, significantly more prioritized, if you will. Uh, Microsoft needs to make ex its experiences, if I could talk correctly, great on Android and iOS. And, and that's not an option. That's not like, okay, yeah, it can be second class. No, these things have to be first class citizens more so than they do on Windows. Because if, Microsoft, if you're running Windows, Microsoft is already won on the desktop. Um, it, it's not winning and it's not going to win in the mobile space. Uh, iOS and Android have won that battle. BlackBerry lost, Microsoft lost, uh, Nokia lost, um, Palm lost. Like uh, people tend to think in these isolated buckets that only Microsoft got destroyed by these two platforms, but it was an, an entire industry got shaken up by the birth of iOS and Android. And that's okay. That's fine. What Microsoft has to adapt to now is living in a world where it is not the OS creator, which for Microsoft is a big deal because typically they have been the OS creator, but for the rest of the world, this is par for the course, like that little golf analogy there, that running on somebody else's platform is a viable way of doing business. Look at how many companies exist by running their apps on other platforms. Adobe's a, a, a premier kind of company that can do this. There's tons of them. And so this is the world that Microsoft is heading into. And I'm that's okay, um, only in the mobile space. Now, the, the reality becomes how do they capitalize upon this mobile stuff? Because they need to find a differentiator that is themselves and that is kind of like the hero device. And so I, I haven't heard specifically, but um, Andromeda, the device, it, it would not surprise me if it runs Android. It's going to be or some flavor or have some tie into Android natively, because I think that's what Microsoft has to do. Think about what Microsoft does with Surface devices, such as this uh, machine back here. Um, like look at this one, like you got like the Surface Pro. Um, yeah, like they try to, when they do that, they try to define an industry or a segment. And so 
Andromeda running just a small version of Windows or being a mobile version of Windows doesn't really make sense into what Microsoft is doing. If Microsoft built a dual screen, dual hinge, or dual hinged, I don't know, a dual screened hinged Android device that um, docked and ran Continuum um, on the PC experience and then natively tied into the Android ecosystem on the go, I think that would be a very interesting product and a way for Microsoft to differentiate himself and actually, to be honest, be quite blunt about their future because it has to exist on Android no matter what. It doesn't matter at this point. There's not going to be a resurgence of Windows Mobile. Um, the reason why we know that is look what they've just done to the team. They, just, they broke up Windows Devices Group. And so um, it has to, Microsoft has to find a way to work with Android apps. They have to. There, there, there's no way about this. They're doing some interesting things in the store, and we'll see more about that, I think, at Build. And um, it gives me hope the, the reason why this get, puts me in a little bit of an optimistic mood is if Microsoft can actually, I mean, look what Samsung has done. Let's be honest here, guys. Samsung has done a wonderful job of building their own hardware, integrating Android and dominating a sector. I mean, if you think about Android, more than likely, and it's not holistic, more than likely you're going to think Galaxy, right? You can say Pixel, but Google's phones don't sell in nearly the volume. I thought, God, it was like a couple million. Um, not that crazy. Samsung owns Android, regardless of what Google says or does, right? They have the hardware that most people are buying. Yes, there's a lot of derivatives and all that stuff. But Microsoft can, there, there's room in that market for Microsoft to play uh, with their own unique experiences. And the, the, basis of this is they have to be able to tap into that rich app ecosystem, which Microsoft was unable to build in a mobile sector. And this is kind of like the bold decision that Microsoft has to make, because if they do that, um, they have to just kind of look in the mirror and be real with themselves here and say, Hey guys, um, we're not winning in mobile. We're not, it's not happening. We have to embrace the realities that we are placed in front of us. Um, and I think Satya understands that at least I hope that he does. Um, I hope that he's just not chasing the cash cow um, that is cloud, which granted there is a lot of money there, but there also needs to be some underlying motivation behind Windows. Because the thing, in my opinion, that is missing right now from the Microsoft world is that driving enthusiasm, if you will. Azure is great. Office is great. They make money and they do that. But nobody is getting, nobody gets excited about Office 365, unless you're a Microsoft accountant, maybe. Nobody gets excited about Azure because Microsoft, let's be real here, Microsoft has won the productivity space. Now, granted, Google is playing around, but I don't see them overthrowing Office 365 in any time in the near future. Um, they've got a long way to go in the cloud, but, you know, they're a, a second place competitor and it's good for the market that they exist. And I'm happy that Google Apps is here and um, forces Microsoft to keep pushing Office 365. But people don't get excited about that. Nobody gets excited. Let's be honest. Most people don't really get excited about Windows anymore. Um, it's great. I love Windows 10. It is by far the best Windows operating system I have ever used. I'm very happy with it on just about every single day. I'm still running RS3. I'll be up on RS4 soon. Um, once it gets pushed out, this is my production machine. I don't dare screw with it. Um, and it has been rock solid and great. I'm running three 4K monitors. There's some DPI issues here and there, but whatever. Like, it's great. I love this machine. I love the computer that I built. I love Windows, but it doesn't get me excited. Like, I don't get out of bed and run downstairs and be like, oh, yes, I'm using Windows today. And so this leads me up to build. Um, build being Microsoft's developer conference. I, I don't have any insider information. I haven't poked around or asked Microsoft because like, what am I going to email them and say, hey guys, uh, your, your developer conference hasn't sold out. What gives? Microsoft needs 
some sort of driving force to get people excited about Windows again. Now they had this with HoloLens, but they they didn't flail around. I was gonna say falter, but I don't think that's the correct word here. Um, they didn't screw it up. I think they took a slow and cautious approach. They didn't get crazy aggressive, which might be a mistake in my opinion. It might be a little bit of a mistake. But let's just think about this. Um, there's nobody competing with them directly right now on HoloLens, which is good from one aspect. That means Microsoft is out first out of the gate, but we've seen Microsoft first out of the gate and screw it up and, and fall behind. What they need to do is be a driving force behind that and have a hero project. And HoloLens is, is getting a little stale, if you will, right? We've, we've been there. It's been a couple of years. We know that they canceled V2. And uh, one of the questions this week, and I'm just going to dive into it now, asked what I know about HoloLens V2 because I was the one that broke the story about it being canceled. And, and here's what I know. Um, so Holo, we're going to see it, I think, sooner rather than later. I don't, maybe we might see it at build. Um, we might. I don't think my, I don't know if, here, the reason why I'm hesitant to fully say, yes, we will absolutely see it at build is I don't think Microsoft knows yet, right? This is, build is still a month away and you're thinking, man, they got to have this stuff all locked down. It's a crazy world. What, what I do know about Microsoft and their next version of HoloLens is one, it absolutely does exist. That There's no question about this. I have no concerns about that. Um, they are building it almost all in-house. This is different than what they did before. This is actually how I got the scoop that HoloLens V2 was canceled because previously Microsoft was building HoloLens um, using third parties, right? They would go to a contract manufacturer and do all that stuff. They are bringing, or they not bringing, they have brought everything in-house, including building the new light engine that is doing all that stuff that is in-house this is why it's a little bit harder to get information because there's no third parties involved and so microsoft is building it all in-house there it's going to be a much more custom application um windows central had some like information but it's all been known right better battery life obviously wider field of view obviously we already know that thing we already knew that stuff what's going to be different about it is that this is designed to be a more approachable product uh, is what I've heard because right now HoloLens V1, it's a little overwhelming, if you will, because it's a big bulky thing. It's new. It's Microsoft is just blasting photons into your eyeballs. It's a little, it's a little out there. So you can imagine a more streamlined device, a wider field of view. Uh, Microsoft is building this stuff in-house because of the tolerances are insane for this type of thing. You think about Surface book or Surface laptop right here for a second. This is a hinge, right? It goes through the manufacturing process and there's tolerances. If you're not familiar with manufacturing that says, hey, this thing has to be so many inches long and so wide. And so that this function and this hinged fulcrum up here has to be a certain, um, a certain degree and amount of resistance, All right? That's called a tolerance. When it comes to shooting light into your eyes, those tolerances are on a, a scale so tiny that even a small like i've heard the term like seventh or eighth deviation from the standard results in a failed product and so this is an insanely tough project to work on which is why it, it takes a while and why people aren't just throwing this stuff out the door but um i, I definitely think that hololens v2 is going to have to be that champion product i don't know if the andromeda project will i don't it might be um, coming this year, but um, I'm more confident that we will see HoloLens V2 this year. Um, technically, it's a V3 because they scrapped V2, but that's semantics at this point. And so uh, I'm looking to see what they're going to talk about at Build this year that is going to change the game on the narrative for Microsoft. Microsoft, I, I give them a lot of crap 
for poor communication. There was poor communication yesterday about this AMD 64 app uh, emulation compatibility with ARM. That was a nightmare. But what I think that they're doing here, the reason why they announced this uh, reorg, this massive reorg, and Terry's exiting relatively early, if you will, is because remember, Terry's sticking around for a few months is that they needed time to build the narrative to be talked about a build because if they don't give firm direction and form a foundation of confidence around windows and microsoft going forward they're going to have a problem and and i'm i'm hopefully confident that that is what microsoft is doing now if we get to build and they're waffling on the direction of windows this is going to be terrible for microsoft i, I can't stress how much that is. I've told them that privately on the many phone calls we've had over this is that they have to come out of build and be very confident about the direction and hold fast to it because everyone's right now going, yeah, what's going on? And we all look at build and saying, okay, build is where Microsoft is going to clarify the direction of windows. They're going to talk about it because I've heard, um, I've heard pretty well that Redstone five, that a lot of things that were going to be in it were kind of scrapped or, or things are up in the air as new management is now making decisions, which is good and bad. The bad part is, um, that if they're not already starting to build this stuff, the likelihood of it getting included in RS five is diminished, right? Because they actually have to say, this is what we're going to build. This is how we're going to build it. And then this is when we build it. And then this is when we beta test it. And this is when we ship it. They got six months. That's not a lot of time. And so that's the only thing that has me kind of concerned. But if they can come out on stage and say, look, here's what we're doing for these next builds of Windows. This is the direction we're taking. These are the product features that we're looking for. This is how we're going to harden it. This is what we're doing. That would be fantastic. And then they come out on stage and say, hey, look, here's HoloLens V2. This is a very early generation of the product. It's better, bigger, better, stronger. Um, there's that. And then they talk about, they're going to have to talk about their mobile experiences too, because this is a developer conference and that needs that. You can't just say, this is how you build for cloud and this is how you build for desktop and just ignore mobile. You can't ignore mobile at, for Microsoft anymore. And so this is why I'm, I'm hoping for the clarification about how does Microsoft align its developers and its partners and everything else around this cloud desktop mobile experience now knowing that mobile is not a part of it they can't just say well, well just build a great app on android they need a way to define how you build a great android app using microsoft experiences and the cloud and all that stuff and so um you know the ball isn't as traditionally the ball is in microsoft's court to clarify give a solid direction and um I, I i'm not pessimistic about it i just want to make sure that microsoft understands the the magnitude that they're in right now um because it's they're, they're changing right they, they took the boat that was going this way they spun the wheel and they're going that way which is fine um i think it's the right move but i would just like to see the clarification of now their new strategy that satya has kicked off with this intelligent edge uh, memo and all that good stuff and so it's interesting times in Microsoft's world. It's interesting times because of uncertainty, which isn't always a good thing, but I tend to agree that um, it was absolutely the right decision. Now we just wait for, okay, they've, they've turned the ship. How does the rest of the org that was focused on other things align to that strategy? And so um, HoloLens being a key part of that, I don't know what's gonna happen with Windows Mixed Reality um, and all this. They started to very clearly started to push towards the enterprise segment, which again is what they know and where they make a whole bunch of their money. But um, they've got it. They've got this unique thing with HoloLens. The question is, can they capitalize upon it to go there? Um, 
Rachel in the comments says, realistically, it needs to be under 1,000 to be useful. I absolutely agree. Um, this thing, th this is really hard to price. This is really hard to price. It's 1,500 bucks right now, which to be honest, is a lot. It's absolutely a lot of money, but is it a crazy amount of money? I don't know. I mean, think about people are paying $1,200 for an iPhone, um, for iPhone X and all that stuff. Now, granted, it's a totally different thing, but um, yeah, the, the the thing that it's it needs to do, obviously wireless, but that's not an issue. Um, it needs to carry on that seamless experience between desktop, mobile, and holographic because the worst thing you want to do is be working on a project on your PC and then you're going over here in holographic mode or whatever and then you have to reset everything up. Um, but Microsoft knows this. I know they know this because they've told me this. They said this is the goal uh, of all this stuff. And so I will be very curious to see how this plays out and build. We are almost exactly a month away and um, I'll be there. Paul will be there. Mary Jo will be there. Everybody will be there. And uh, it, it'll be good. It'll be good. All right, moving on to some other things. Uh, new 8th Gen Core, in, Intel Core i9. Oh, Jesus, I can't talk. There's new 8th Gen Intel Core i9s, i7, i5 processors based on Coffee Lake, uh, which kind of begs the question of when's Microsoft going to put those chips into Surface? That'd be great. Um, especially like this one back here, which is cost $4,200. And it's still running uh, like a 960 GPU or something like that. Uh, and an old 6th gen processor. So they really need to get on the ball of updating this stuff. A whole bunch of partners announced it. And all they need to do is just swap the silicon. Uh, maybe update the GPU and just go quietly into the future. They don't need a redesigned Surface Book. They don't need a redesigned Surface Pro. Just give us new chips inside. Uh, one other thing too. I've been playing... Uh, well, this is broken, but this is... I've been playing the Xbox quite a bit. I, I've talked about PUBG quite a bit on this podcast. I've been playing it a lot on the Xbox One S back there. And I, I got to tell you, playing with friends, playing with a group of four is absolutely wonderful. We got a chicken dinner last night. And um, if you haven't checked the game out, it is absolutely still very rough around the edges. The frame rate still kind of sucks. There's times where it feels like I'm getting 15 frames per second, but there is no greater, better, I should say, no better experience than absolutely playing with um, with your friends. So I, I enjoy that aspect much more. I enjoy playing with my friends more than I enjoy better frame rates and better graphics, uh, at the end of the day. And so, uh, Redstone four, which is officially done. Microsoft has it in every preview ring available on a fast, slow and release preview, except yeah. Um, uh, it'll be coming to everybody. I would imagine patch, patch Tuesday, patch Tuesday is what next Tuesday at this point. Um, that's typically when they ship out stuff, so I would think they would start making it available then. Um, I don't believe it's going to be called Spring Creators Update, but uh, we will see what Microsoft does for the naming um, in the near future. And one last thing here before we dive into the questions. Uh, I always got This is interesting. You'll see why I'm going this way. So Apple kind of put out some fluff pieces with a, a PR or a PR, basically this, um, with some news organizations, or I think it was only one potentially. I don't even know. Anyways, so Microsoft's Apple's Mac Pro, their high-end video editing rig, isn't coming until 2019. Now, technically, they said in 2017 when they did this, which it was about a year ago, uh, they held a kind of a weird thing where they invited certain press orgs, um, and they came and talked about how they're going to redesign the Mac Pro, how their first-gen Mac, or their new Mac Pro, the one that looks like a trash can, uh, was too hard to update, and they basically screwed up. They put um, design over function. And so, um, 
the information came out this week that the Mac Pro is not coming until 2019, which is fine. Um, they have the iMac Pro, I guess, if you want a super high-end rig, whatever. That's not the point of where I'm headed here. Uh, we know that roughly, roughly speaking, Apple's development cycle takes about two years from when they start building a product to when it actually ships, which is, I, I would assume that's about normal. I don't know what other people, companies' dev cycles are, but just knowing from when leaks come out to when products ship, we can base it on roughly two years. And there were some other smarter people who calculated that timeline um, a while ago. And so here, here's kind of the thing. So if it takes roughly two years to build a product inside of Apple, which seems logical and reasonable, um, and this product isn't coming out until 2019, so 2019 would make it basically two years since Apple announced everything in 2017, which to me, which to me sounds like they went, oh crap, we need to do something with the Mac Pro. We're getting a lot of negative press. So they hastily put all this stuff together before they really had any idea what they were gonna do. Um, because if you, again, if you go for a two-year timeline, this product won't be out for another year, at minimum, roughly. And then it was a year ago, so that's 24 months that have roughly gone by until the product ships. We know that Apple's dev cycles are 24 months. This was very much a reaction. They found themselves in a bad spot. They got complacent. And I don't know if this has anything to do with it, the Surface Studio, because people were getting real, I don't know, toying up with the idea that that was a Mac Pro, and I don't know. But um, yeah, so there is that. All right, going to dive into the questions this week. Uh, not too many, probably because I put the thread up a little late. But um, da, 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 da. well, there's a handful of them for sure. Take a drink. Eustman writes long post, a uh, few points to touch on. Is there any word about a higher wattage Surface Book 2 charger running mixed reality on the 15 inches draining the battery? Interesting. No, I've not heard anything about a higher wattage um, Surface Book 2 charger. I I don't have a Windows Mixed Reality headset, but that's actually really interesting if that specific experience is draining the battery. Hmm. I don't I don't know. I need to find someone because I don't know if I want to spend 300 bucks on a Mixed Reality headset just to test battery life. But uh, yeah, interesting. If anybody has a Surface Book 2, I, he doesn't say, oh, on the 15-inch, so specifically the beefy one which I do have a 15 inch, but I don't have mixed reality. So if you have a Surface Book 2 15 inch and a mixed reality headset, uh, please plug it in and try to drain the battery while using it. I'd be curious to see if that actually, um, hmm. I know there were some concerns about gaming, but I don't think those were too much of an issue, but that was not specifically talking about mixed reality. Good question, very good question. Uh, secondly, do you have any information about HoloLens V2, V3? Um, uh, just if you're just now tuning into the podcast, uh, jump, scroll back a little bit because I talked about what I knew. Um, thirdly, is Microsoft's lack of a great consumer service going to hurt in the enterprise? I say this because if you look at Amazon or Google, they have services that are the number one services in their industry. Amazon also hosts uh, Netflix and runs Twitch and Google has the most visited website and runs YouTube and Gmail, which is uh, the, which is used by quite a few people. Um, I've seen developers discredit Azure completely because Microsoft just doesn't have any consumer cloud like in Google, uh, like cloud consumer cloud like Google and cloud customers like Amazon. Um, so here's, let me put it this way. It's definitely not helping the fact that they have no consumer that you can't say, well, Microsoft has no consumer base. Um, this is going to do great. I mean, look what IBM, IBM has zero, zero consumer presence, um, 
and I wouldn't exactly say that they are in a swimming position, swimmingly good position by any means. Um, so is it hurting them? Yes. Is it going to take down the company? No, because they still have, don't forget, they still have, um, they still have Surface, they still have Xbox, um, they still have Office 365 and all that stuff. So they have a very good foundation to grow all that. It's it's kind of hard to say what is the direct impact. Would they have more market share if they were the most beloved company like Apple in the consumer space? I definitely think they would. But you remember too that Apple, um, Apple did make kind of an enterprise push, right? They were getting a lot of love for iOS and the iPhone and they, they put a lot of effort into iWork initially, initially, and it didn't pan out. It never really worked. And so just because you have a consumer company doesn't mean you can make that flip to enterprise. Apple is a good example of that. Um, they have tried in small areas and just never found huge success like they have with the consumer side, which is fine. Um, so don't always correlate consumer success to great enterprise success. But on the same time, it definitely would not hurt Microsoft because people would love to have the same OS on their phone as their desktop, as in their cloud um, to make things easier. But that reality did not materialize. Uh, da, 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 da. lastly, I, I usually skip over all this stuff, but I'll just completely, whatever. Lastly, is there any drama between Therat and Windows Central? Um, I don't think, I don't know. Like, I don't, let me, let me explain that. I just don't care. I wake up every day. I write my stuff. I do my stuff. I, I poop on bad things that happen. I celebrate good things that happen. And, um, if somebody writes something dumb, I will say they wrote something dumb. If somebody writes something great, I will write something great. Peter Bright wrote some stuff last week that I was, uh, championing championing champ ch championing i don't know um i don't i have no idea um, i don't really pay attention to anybody else and i don't really care that it doesn't make any difference at the end of the day i write my stuff and um that's what i do for a living actually i do a lot more than writing i do podcasting let's see we do crap load of stuff on the petri enterprise side and all that good stuff and uh JLV 632 in the market for an iPad Pro, but uh, and I find the limit on Office 365 license stretched at the moment. Oh, got it. And a licensing question is the 10 inch screen rule still in play as the limit for free Office apps? If so, I'm wondering if I'm betting off skipping of the 12 inch and going to the 10 inch model and buy the 9.7 inch iPad Pro that came out. Does that loophole work? Let me put it this way if you're looking for licensing loopholes, I would be careful because those can change at any time. They're very artificial. And if Apple starts calling their tablets a computer, Microsoft might start saying, hey, maybe they are, and we should change the licensing. Um, I'm not specifically aware if that 10 inch rule is still in effect. If anybody knows for certainty, obviously drop it in the comments below. Um, licensing is kind of nuts, and I try to avoid avoid it because there's an individual named Wes Miller on Twitter, a good friend of mine. He would be the person to ask because he knows all this stuff. He actually does licensing, Microsoft licensing boot camps on this stuff. So uh, which iPad should you buy? Buy the one that fits your lifestyle. Um, if you if you absolutely think that the 12 inch higher end iPad Pro is going to be better for you, I would, I, you can always change the software. You can never change the hardware. Just remember that before you go make a decision about buying. Kadupa says, I'm not sure if this is in the show is already done, but I have my question up uh, about Google Photo AI. Uh, oh, never mind. He just put this in 30 minutes ago. Uh, how, how's Google doing its AI backed up photo thing? It needs a lot of data to be fed into it. AI to work really good. Where is it getting that data from? Internet, Google Photos. I'm not using my tinfoil hat. Well, yeah, they're absolutely. There's people like me. Um, 
I have one terabyte of OneDrive access. Microsoft won't let me buy anymore. So I had to move my photos. Where did I move them to? Moved them all to Google Photos because it's an excellent service. It works very well. And um, I basically am feeding Google's AI machine by doing that. They, they let me store it for free with the, and they, I think they say it, maybe not, but basically they can help train their AI models on the photos of all my vacations. And so that's where they get a lot of their data from. And that's how they start to train. It's a very smart move um, at the expense of they now have to pay for that storage, but storage is insanely cheap. And so they found a way to get their photos to do their training. And um, yeah. Okay, Adam Corbelli says, Microsoft's new strategy is based on subscription services. The only problem with that model is that Google offers similar products for free, many of which are better or rapidly improving. Um, how do they hope to address this? Well, it depends what you're talking about. Like if you're talking about Google apps, Google apps are not free for everybody, um, especially on the corporate side. They're starting at five bucks um, a license, essentially, which Microsoft does actually offer a $5 a month Office 365 business license. Um, I know because that's what I'm currently on for a corporate one because I have a whole bunch of the home and personal licenses. And so that actually does exist. Um, in the enterprise space, they don't offer a whole lot for free. I don't believe, I mean, Google sheets, you need a license for that stuff. Um, and don't forget that if you have OneDrive, I believe you can use office web apps for free as well. They're not, they're not great, but they definitely can be used in a pinch, um, by all means, especially PowerPoint for quick and light and easy editing. Uh, second question is, what do you think should make, uh, do you think Microsoft should make an edge book thin client like Chrome OS, a better name? maybe like office book that is designed and focused on people and Microsoft services. Yeah, I do. Um, they need a thin client. They need, um, they absolutely do. And it's an interesting thing that Microsoft has gone this long. I, it's sort of, people will say that windows mobile was supposed to morph into that, which I think is a terrible analogy personally, because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Microsoft needs essentially a very lightweight Microsoft launcher that looks like Windows. Think of it almost as Continuum, but it's again, powered by everything in Azure. You can use Office web apps on the, on the internet, um, connect into OneDrive. Um, I mean, you can kind of see, like you can, you can kind of put the pieces together. So if you have all your files on OneDrive and then you open them up in the web, you don't need any local storage, right? And that takes care of a vast amount of productivity scenarios, especially for the lightweight user which is why I've been wondering why Microsoft hasn't put together this lightweight streamlined thin client for a Chrome, true Chrome OS competitor. They have all the building blocks for it with um, Azure, with uh, Office on the web, uh, with the Microsoft store now, but um, they've yet to pull the trigger on it. And I don't know for, there's multiple reasons. I don't know if they just don't see that there's any money to be made there, which there may not be. They may not have a, a lot of market share there. And maybe that's one of the reasons why um, the de-emphasis of Windows might be another one of those. Um, but I still think that it makes a lot of sense that you could run a, an entire iteration of Windows through a browser as well. And you, you could do that in the same type of environment. Imagine that you go to work and all you do is you just open a web browser and you go to azure.com slash your org company name or whatever, make up your own URL and you log in using Azure Active Directory and then all there's all your crap. Granted, you're running it over the web so you're restricted by that bandwidth, but it's a super thin client um, with high-end functionality and capabilities running it. So um, they need to be doing something in this. If they're not, I'll be, I'll be curious. So uh, curious as to why. Uh, Turnigan says, I heard Paul was saying that reorgs already affects some plans for Redstone 5 and that some are already canceled. Uh, do you have any more insights? So yeah, 
um, go back and listen to earlier. Some of the apps are just being nuked, like weather, um, stocks, um, and some of those other things are getting, um, I don't think they're going to be around too much longer. I, I shouldn't say they may, may not be around. They're just not going to be updated significantly or see any massive new features. But at the same time, what do you really, you shouldn't be using the stocks app as a, um, your portfolio manager by any means. So, uh, there you go. Uh, Luke says, what do you think of the new Twitter PA, PWA? I actually just used it yesterday. I like it. Um, my problem is, is that I like TweetDeck better or tweeting made by Mahedi um, even better. The, the streaming functionality, I just like nice, neat, compact, like on my Twitter or on TweetDeck, I have everything collapsed. I don't show media. I don't show audio playing videos. It's just the text. And I like that kind of content dense things and it streams. I don't think the new P Twitter PWA app streams as quickly as TweetDeck. And you can't do columns. I, I need columns for, because I have certain um, searches set up that I, I monitor uh, for content. But it's good for a, what I would call a normal user of Twitter. I'm definitely not a normal user of Twitter. I think it's absolutely perfect and a good example of what a PWA can be. Um, and then Mar Marmon Trout says, I saw something on Twitter about some announcements at Build. Any idea what those are? Um, no. Well, I mean, I gave some speculation about what I think they're going to talk about, uh, but um, I don't, I, without knowing specifically what you're referring to, it's a little bit tough. It's a little bit tough. And so, uh, what another kind of interesting week, guys. I think the interest in what Microsoft is doing here is going to continue to go up over the next few weeks. And I hope, as I, I mentioned about a million times in this podcast, I hope that Microsoft is aligning very clear, uh, clear cut communications for build about the direction of everything windows because that is what we are all here for and that's what we all want um can brad read what <laughs> i can't it's kind of hard to scroll up and read um gotham said what is going on with the xbox currently at microsoft i think good things um i've heard nothing but good things about the xbox right now just remember that they announced at e3 that they're going to have their largest venue yet we just got the xbox one x um there is a an elite v2 controller in the works i'm hoping that it's going to be announced at e3 some pictures of that already leaked out um gaming is an interesting thing for microsoft because it's in the hardcore gaming space, it's only a two-horse race. It's only Sony and Microsoft. Nintendo is out, um, like, on their own little island over there. And while they, what they do does impact the Xbox, it's not... It, it is a direct competitor, but it's not. They've always had their nice own little niche Nintendo has, and I'm very happy for them. I love their products. But they don't really compete directly against Microsoft and Sony because Sony and Microsoft go head-to-head -head with this online gaming and all that stuff. So, all right, folks. Uh, well, that's going to wrap it up for today. And um, I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. I'll be curious to see what next week brings. Hopefully, we're going to get our hands on... Uh, everybody will get their hands on Redstone 4. And if you really want it, you can just opt into the release preview and grab it right now. But um, I typically like to wait and get everything over the vanilla channels just to make sure because that's what you know the bulk of the world is going to do. And uh, if anybody, any issues arise during that, you should uh, go there. So, all right, guys, that wraps up for today. Have yourselves a wonderful weekend. We'll catch you right back here next time.